Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst for Knowledge Podcast, episode 18. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we were talking about different ways that we listen to music over the years. Yeah, so we go through all the different stuff about vinyl records, cassette tapes, compact discs, MP3s, MP3 players, all that kind of stuff. And like our experiences with it growing up with like, you know, tape decks and Walkmans and all that fun stuff. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy. After Mayhew over here, fucking, I'm fucking dying. Stops dying. You guys remember those raisin guys with the headphones on? The California, the California raisins? raisins. What were they using for medium? I don't what? Wait, what do you mean? Huh? <gasps> Weren't they wearing headphones? Yeah, they were probably. They probably had like Walkmans. Walkmans. <sighs> yeah, Sony Walkman. That was a. That was a thing. That was the first portable cassette tape. I never player. had a Walkman. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the eight-track tape came out after the uh, the comp the compact cassette. Oh, really? Yes, that's interesting. It's the same technology, except the, actually the eight-track is a little bit simpler or more simple. Mm-hmm. The differences between them is <clears throat> in 1965, Ford and Motorola joined up together, and it was a an accessory option to have an eight-track eight-track player in yeah. in the automobile oh, so it started as a car thing it was a car thing it they, had nothing to do with like they never had portable eight track players or like an in-home stereo system yeah eight, that played eight tracks as it, far as i understand yes it was specifically made to play music in cars because t- cassette tapes came out first yes they did but yeah. eight tracks became popular in the mid early 70s because or mid Late sixties, early seventies, because of that availability in an automobile. Okay. So before then, was it just radio? Yeah. So did so up to the fifties. I think it was just AM, AM radio. Damn. And AM then, radio. In AM cars. radio. It was like, hey, the weather—it's gonna be weathery. <laughs> and then, like after that, FM came on, FM radio, and then, from my understanding, the first. Like commercial player available in an automobile was the A-Trek player. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> because I remember, like, I want to say my great grandfather had a car that had like eight-track mm. in it, and he had like a bunch of eight-track tapes, and that was my only experience really with eight-tracks. Like yeah. just seeing a like a milk crate full of them or I something. Had none. No experience with that shit. Yeah. So I knew what they were, but I don't think I ever realized. But now that I'm thinking back, I only knew of them being in cars. Right. I don't. I don't. I couldn't remember anybody having. I was like, why did these even exist then? Yeah. Like, I think that's why they became so popular. Is because you had access to music while you're driving. Was that now. just like, like one song on those things, or was it like no eight tracks? Oh yeah. Oh, that's why it's called eight track because there's eight tracks on it. No, I, I think I'm reaching. I don't really no, know. No, eight I, tracks, man. That's why it makes sense. I think. <laughs> God damn, mine just exploded. I think that has more to do with the um, the technology behind recording. Like you have a mixing board that only had the capacity to layer eight tracks on top of each other. Oh. Okay, you know. 
so like when you were um when you're doing overdubs and stuff like that like yeah. you can only record up to eight tracks at a time i think that's that's where it comes from yeah um we will have to quality control that but yeah crazy wow that's so interesting <laughs> Dude, I only remember, I only fucking remember the uh, tapes. That's like as far as I go. I was yeah, cassette tapes, cassette so tapes. When dude. You and I didn't even use those as like, I just remember them existing. Like you didn't actually have like a Walkman that you could put no cassette tapes into. Oh, no, man. I mean shit. By the time CD players came out, I was like just getting into music and stuff. So before that, I was like, yeah, it was like CDs. Well, so. Um, compact cassettes have been around since what the the sixties, right? Yeah. When, when they were they were invented in the sixties, but they didn't get really popular until the seventies and eighties. Damn, really? Yeah. Yeah, that makes no Correct. sense. Yeah. Why? Because when they were they when they originally came out, I think they weren't just used for music. No, the uh, first the first cassette tape was used. For, it was mainly they were used for like dictation. Yeah. Yeah. Like. like like you know like voice recording voice recording memos yeah exactly and it wasn't until later when the music cassette came out right yeah where you actually had pre-recorded music on a cassette tape which Which i think was developed by phillips i think they released it first yeah so the company phillips which does other kind of electronic things too they eventually end up making like cd players as well but um, so obviously before cassettes, you had vinyl records, LPs, EPs, singles, that kind of stuff. But cassettes were the first like easily portable thing, right? Sure. Yeah. And that was definitely my, I think I was listening to cassettes before CDs, even though CDs, I think came out in the eighties, right? I'm, oh, I thought you said compact disc came out in the sixties. The f- no, no, cassettes no. compact did? cassettes. Oh, okay. Came out in in the sixties. That makes more sense. And then they got pop. They got made popular by having pre-recorded music on them in like the seventies, eighties, early nineties. And then compact discs, like what we all know as CDs. That's what I remember. Those came out in the eighties, I think, or at least that's when they were widely available to consumers. Yeah, I think Sony Sony released the first like CD player and there was a oh, one of the recording artists there oh god, I'm going to I'm going to have to quality control this, but I don't I don't remember who the recording artist was, but yeah. the first like actual CD released was yeah, in the 80s. Okay. Cuz you had LaserDisc before that. Oh, LaserDisc, yeah. LaserDisc was before compact discs. So LaserDisc actually had music on them too? I think so. Right? Yeah. And those were like big, weren't they? Or they could have been ten inch. Okay. Maybe I. Damn, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I have no experience with laser discs. Yeah, me neither. Like, um, the same principles of how it like function and how it works. I think like laser discs and CDs. The same principle is similar to that of like vinyl. Okay. Whereas vinyl has the needle kind of moving through the grooves in, exactly. the, in the vinyl itself, the laser is reading the different, um, there's like grooves embedded into the CDs as well. Yeah. Right? So you're talking la- laser disc technology or laser disc and um, compact discs 
work off of the same technology the same idea yes okay yeah 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 so that's where where when you have a record player that is it's a needle that is going into the grooves of the vinyl yes and it's all it's all analog information yes the difference between a vinyl record and a compact disc is that the compact disc has digital information a laser is reading zeros and ones essentially Mm -hmm. and then translating that into music via different um uh analog to digital converters or sorry um the different chips and like stuff that makes a cd player a cd player whereas a vinyl like you're you're actually playing like waves like if you put your record, your vinyl record, on your record player, and then you drop the needle, if you listen very closely, you can hear the music. You don't with, even need speakers. You don't even need speakers, exactly. That's the trippy thing about it. Yeah, yeah. it's tri- trippy. Yeah, but it's it's then once you plug that record player, that just into, amplifies it, right? Yeah, that yeah. So you plug your record player into an amplifier, and then you your amplifier into speakers, and then that's how you're getting the sound loud. But like if you just put a CD player and you put a, a, a compact disc into a CD player, you can't listen really closely. Right, oh, right. In here. It's all electric. It's all yeah, it's all digital information. Yeah, I think the laser disc is more closer to the idea of the vinyl. Okay. Compact disc is digital. I think laser discs there were was analog. An, there was an analog component to I them. I think there was. Okay. Yeah. So when the beam is hitting the the laser discs it's 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 reading the grooves and yeah. the the difference in length of the beam is is generating that information oh oh that's pretty cool but that format just didn't catch on for whatever reason i think with compact discs the technology got better and you're able to store more information okay i mean I, that's my that's my guess yeah i i, I can't confirm nor deny do you remember like yeah. the old record players and they had that big horn, the big like and Victrolas it was like, or like it was like Edison's. a giant horn. You, yeah, and that was basically amplifying that little sound Ex- into exactly. a thing, right? That was before you had like digital amplifiers Damn. and speaker systems and stuff. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, the <laughs> first the first like recorded music was from a phonograph. Phonograph. Yes. Okay. Um, I tried to kind of look up the technology to see. How it all worked. I didn't really kind of go too far because I know we were kind of keeping it more modern. Yeah. But that was first done in like 1856 or something like that. God damn. And then it it dealt with a lot of like um, a lot of using more of these cylindrical rolls of like wax and and steel and and, um, using like grooves and almost like a a music, how a music box works. Yes, yes. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, like that. Yeah, where you have that that cylindrical thing that's got different grooves in it that's spinning and then the music box ding, I don't know ding, if it's ding, a needle, ding, but ding, yeah, ding. it's it's playing different it's like notes. A, it's like a xylophone, little metal bars like a, and they hit those yeah, little yeah, teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ding dong ding dong ding 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 yeah. ding bong. Yeah. Crazy. Pretty, pretty neat. Like I know when I think I definitely owned cassettes when I was younger before I got CDs. I didn't. I had both. 
Well, but no, yeah, I started with cassettes. I, I think I started with cassettes because it was cheaper at the time to have a cassette, like a portable cassette player right. or, or anything that played cassettes before. Sure. Um, like the CD player technology was just starting to get cheap when we were, when we were, like, I think, I want to say around age 10 is when I really like started to listen to music like as a fan not just like listening to what my parents were listening to but right. like on I your own i started to develop my own tastes and at you know when you're 10 like i don't know man i was listening to some stuff that my parents listened to some stuff i heard on the radio sure um i was a huge queen fan at yeah. age 10 and so rob zombie did you have the those cds yeah i had greatest the, hits by queen that was like course. one of my fa- uh firsts Rob Zombie, Living Dead Girl was one of them. Uh, did you have the single for that? The Hellbilly Deluxe? Hell Deluxe. Yeah, yeah, CD. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillbilly Deluxe. Of course, yeah. Yeah, we all had that CD growing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing, too, was uh, Monster Trucking was huge when, when I was a kid. Yeah. And Gravedigger. Yes. And he'd always play Rob Zombie when he okay. came in. And I was like, ah! <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Man. When I first started getting into music yeah cassettes were the medium of course i remember as a young lad driving around in with my mother like saturday mornings okay wake up get on the road hop in the brown toyota camry or something like that Mm. and just going running errands and she's she's blasting like 80s hair metal (laughs) and i fucking loved it loved every bit of it and did she have a bunch of cassettes oh yeah okay cassettes but she she also had mixtapes she she made mixtapes yeah with like all the hits you know from like anywhere from like poison to heart to aerosmith to you know yeah whatever um and then yeah like around age 10 is where I started to kind of branch out and start of getting in a little bit more into music on my own. And I think my first couple of tapes might've been maybe weird Al. I think I've had a few weird Al tapes, a couple weird Al tapes. Yeah. Um, I had like some, I think one of the first tapes I bought was, uh, the band fastball. They were fastball. Yeah. They did this song the way, yeah, I don't no know. Idea. It was one of these like alternative rock radio hits, um, and I I know I got their first you know record <laughs> on tape or whatever, and yeah, I jammed the shit out of that thing. But you go into a, like a record store like Fye or Strawberries or something like that, and it was around the time where that we were transitioning from cassettes to CDs, and yeah. you'd go in, along the walls. Boom you'd have the cassette tapes kind of stacked up and it was like stacked in like a bookshelf like yeah. with all the artists and then in the center of the stores were all like the CDs and stuff like that. Yeah. The, yeah, the CDs were the focal point at that time because they were the new technology. They were so getting cheaper. It was expensive cheaper. too. You yeah, could get dude. a CD for like $30. Some of I them, know. $29.99. Yeah. For like the top, the new saw CD came coming out. Yep. Or the ones that had like two discs, you know. Yeah. There's box sets that would be like eighty, ninety, hundred bucks. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Imagine that a hundred dollars for music that you can get free now. <laughs> well, music I mean, is almost free. You can like watch any music video on YouTube, right? Yeah. Or Spotify. Yeah, I mean streaming services and stuff, but it's part of that's convenience. 
when you start to talk about music quality the the quality of the different mediums and stuff sure but like i but back in the day i wasn't worried about quality at all really like i remember recording songs off of the radio on the on the cassette tapes yeah i did do that i did do that actually yeah i remember yeah because you would have your little boom box yeah that you could tune into a radio station that was like the very very beginning though that was like fucking six seven eight years old for me yeah because by the time i was like eight nine ten it was basically 2000 when i was 10 it was 2000 yeah year 2000 so i mean music's already out cds were out for a while now Mm -hmm. so shit cds tapes were like fucking the very beginning yeah definitely in the in the early 2000s was when i did the bulk of my cd buying yeah you know and then you have a collection of i know my dad had a giant cd collection mine didn't Did you have one of those giant book zipper books that opened up and you have the sleeves there was yeah i had (laughs) high school days yeah. yeah i had one of those yeah yeah, I used to steal my brothers all the time because he would have like the Beastie Boys, all the Beastie Boys and shit. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yup. I liked tapes for their like convenience. You know, they're small, they're compact. You had a little walk, like Sony Walkman. You oh, know, yeah. popping a tape. You know, do your thing, whatever. You didn't have to worry about CDs skipping. Like you no. didn't have to worry about any of that shit. That's right? true. That's but true. One thing that really sucked about tapes was. If you like had to skip a song because you didn't like it, yeah, you basically just had to fast forward and try to find it. Exactly, like such a pain in the ass. And then if you have like some, you know, like a junky boombox or whatever that like eats the tapes, that was a thing too. And yeah. then like all like that magnetic tape will rip out, and then you have to like take your pinky and put it in the little <laughs> the little circle, pencil. and then yeah. you just had to wind the t- the tape back into the cassette <laughs> <Your> tape. <pinky. laughs> I know, yeah. The big thing people use like uh, like number two pencils for that a lot too. Yeah, mm, might yeah. have been easier. Yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that God. would take so long. <laughs> yeah. No, that was cool, man. It was cool. It was cool as a kid to be able to have access to like blank tapes that were cheap, and you can you can kind of play around with a boombox and make your own mixtapes. You can mm-hmm. you can record your own voice and yeah. just kind of fuck around with that. You know, it was a pretty neat ability to have to be able to do that as a kid. You exactly. know, to be able to just kind of experiment with audio in mm-hmm. and of itself. I mean, I thought it was it was a lot of fun, man. Definitely, yeah. Like I'm, I'm oh man, yeah, like mixtapes like making a mixtape was so much that was the hardest like medium to make a like a a mix compilation absolutely was tapes because you had to find the spot on your blank tape get your other tape you had to have um either two tape deck setups that you had linked together or you just had a boom box that had two tapes tape for that slots exact in purpose it. right though? yeah yeah exactly that's why a lot of those boom boxes had two tape slots so you could put them in and then make mixtapes out of them man i like i i think i remember making mixtapes but not many and not for long because like we were talking about earlier we were just on the cusp of cds like really being the thing yeah yeah and not long after CDs were a thing, you had you had like CD burners because computer technology and all that was stuff 
so I made way more mixed CDs, way more than Absolutely. I did yeah. mixed tapes, more. definitely. And they're easier too. You did, yeah, they were way easier. way easier because you you would either convert all your the the CDs that you had to an audio file on your computer, probably an MP3, and then you would just like drag and drop into a into a folder into a folder. That's all you'd have to do, and then go burn. And yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you were one of the first kids that had a CD burner, then yeah. you would be like, I was at first. I was trying to make money off of it, but then it was like, it was a pain. It was yeah. a pain in the nuts, you know. That like, shit was sick, though, man. Yeah. Oh man, I love making CDs. I love burning shit. I love knowing that I was stealing. Just knowing that, that you were stealing, stealing, baby. How are uh, you stealing? I was downloading that shit. Stealing that shit, oh, downloading it, dude. Burning. I was a pirate, man. Ah, <laughs> matey. I definitely didn't start as a pirate when I was making my first mix CDs. It was definitely either off of CDs that I had or CDs that my friends had. Like you would borrow your friends' CDs, rip those to your computer. Or- What's the difference, man? No, you're borrowing right? it from your friend. That's, I'm borrowing it from my friend in California, dog. <laughs> that, that's the thing, right? With those, when you, when you when you start to have that new technology, with like, um, like now we can rip MP3s. Okay, so if I if I take my friend's CD and I copy it, like, is that illegal? Like, probably, probably, right? <laughs> but if I'm doing that and I'm ripping MP3s, like, you start having these file sharing networks where, yeah, you are. Sharing your MP- you're sharing your music with your friend Bob in Seattle, you know? <laughs> my best friend Bob. Yeah, <laughs> there's some weird legality shit too, though. Like you can't steal music. You like it's illegal to do that, but you can take recordings from live music, and that's completely fine. Um, so the people who are like super fans are allowed to uh, share their recordings of live music, apparently. I think that depends on if it was permitted at the show. Yeah. Because, Maybe it's different nowadays. Because with certain bands like, you know, Grateful Dead and like that whole that whole scene, like making live re- bootleg recordings was like encouraged in like sharing those recordings and all that stuff. Oh really? But with but with other bands, they were like, yeah, you can't record live stuff and have bootlegs and everything like hmm. but yeah, I never really got into any of the bootlegging scenes or like getting bootleg tapes, but that there's a huge Dude, culture of that, man. My my buddy's dad is super into Pink Floyd, and he just has all every live concert recorded on CDs, burnt discs. Every concert, every time they ever went anywhere. That's and crazy. He, and like he'll go on the internet and all these huge forums he's a part of. He's like, Oh, does anyone have the eighty seven concert in Seattle? Wow. Like, oh yeah, I got that. And like you recorded it good and like how's the quality? And then they'll he'll just they'll mail each other stuff, they'll send each other, they'll buy each other stuff off. And he's just got like um he ba- I mean, it's probably been like ten years since I saw it, but he used to have like almost like a Newberry comics in his basement. And it was just Pink Floyd. Oh my god! It was just like you could go down these tables and like look. And he's like, "This is all '87. This is all '88. Every concert." And he had it every- on CDs. Yeah, I would. I would imagine he's like. I think he's got it on the digital. Computer. It's probably all like digitized now. Yeah. Right? Like. Oh, and he would update his shit, and he'd always like make sure he find better qualities of of it. certain shows. Yeah. Right? And so that that could be an argument for 
why if you were an artist a recording artist making music why that would be a positive thing to bootleg i think a lot of how many nostalgic moments you as a band are having at these live shows and they're Mm. captured by the audience members oh yeah and to be able to have some sort of like archival footage of that to be able to you know relive i mean that that would be back in the day yeah but nowadays it's like dude stop recording enjoy the show because there's everyone with a phone who can record that shit sure it's just like bones up it's like we don't need six thousand videos of our concert yeah well so that's different because the audio you're getting from the footage on your phone through like the camera and the like recordings the audio's junk. The video's usually not that great. It's better than it was five or seven years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. But it, it's still not, it still doesn't compare to just being at a live concert and enjoying the experience. Right. And, and the thing too is that a lot of the, a lot of bigger bands and everything, they're having like professional footage shot at a lot of shows. Sure. They're, they're having professional live recordings done, especially for these bands that are known for their live Absolutely. shows. And then you can go on and either purchase those shows or like you become a part of their like fan club and get discounted rates on live shows and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there's more, there's an, a more, First of all, bands are doing that more often, so that footage is there. Um, so yeah, you don't have to worry about capturing it as yeah. a fan. But you know, that wasn't the case, you know, decades ago. Oh no, definitely you know? not. But with technology, as technology has improved, and this, like the mark. I mean, dude, the market now is saturated. You can access any artist, any band, any music that you want. You can find it through the internet through youtube through spotify yeah. through all of these Seriously. these networks dude imagine you back in like the 1800s okay if you had a favorite song you hear you, that shit once you heard that shit <laughs> once yeah and hope that the band would come back into town you would like cry as an old man be like oh i loved that song yeah like you know you just hope that the band didn't die of you know ebola <laughs> the king didn't slaughter you know them. Yeah. and then you got like one listen you would have to find somebody that knew that song that could sing it to you yeah you know, seriously if you couldn't sing it yeah fuck you know? that and shit didn't exist whereas yeah. now i've you have access to millions and millions and millions of of songs and yeah, it's dude. crazy, dude. Remember buying a a band came out with an album, yeah. or you were trying to you were looking for a new artist in the genre that you liked, yeah, and you picked up that album, okay, <laughs> and then it's you you were disappointed in it. It sucked. Yeah, your first listen, and you're like, shit, I just spent twenty dollars on a CD. Yep, taking a chance, and I'm disappointed. Exactly, and then you would have to. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I mean, a lot of times I would just listen to it as many times as possible until it tried to grow on me. Just try and justify your purchase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you will um, like this music. Yeah. And and sometimes it worked. Sometimes it was like, holy shit, you know, this really is a good album. Because sometimes on the first listen, like if a band's experimenting, you're not used to that sound with them. Absolutely. And you get thrown off and you're like, oh, they changed, man. Yeah. But then like you... you you get to understand it a little bit more and you're like, oh crap, this is that this actually is good. Yes. But sometimes they were just straight crap. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
but you know being being a kid you, you money wasn't you know it's not like now where you have a job and you can pretty much afford anything yeah um, rich twenty dollars on an album is a lot of money especially back in the you know mid 90s to mid 2000s like yeah it's expensive your two dollar allowance if you were lucky or your paper route money or whatever like you had to save up to buy a cd or something like i remember the first cd i bought do you remember the first cd you bought i remember the first cd that i oh the first cd i bought yeah first cd i was gifted okay I know the first CD I was gifted. I don't remember the one first CD I bought. Okay. What was the first one you were gifted then? <laughs> the Offspring Americana. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It's a classic. Mine was Metallica's album Reload. Oh. Yeah. Interestingly enough, that same... So, Load... Wait, Load or Reload? Reload. Reload came out in 97. Um, so, Christmas of 97, I was gifted the Offspring Americana. My brother was gifted... Metallica's Reload. Oh, nice. And I nice. ended up listening to that album way more. Yeah, yeah, right. Me and my brother found a magazine ordering subscription thing. Oh, dude, those things. And yes. you pay a dollar and you can get any CD, but they wouldn't want the dollar up front. You get the CD first and then they expect it later. Yeah. So we were like six and like eight, six and yeah, six and eight. And we both was like, dude, we can each get a CD if we make our own thing. We just clicked that we're 18. I'm like, all right, fuck it. We'll do it. So, like, he did his thing, and it was, like, so bad. It was, like, little kid handwriting that they thought his name was Trokey Idler, even though it was Tracy Idler. Trokey Idler? <laughs> yeah. And, like, mine. And he ordered, like, in sync, and I ordered, like, uh, the Hillbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie. Yeah. And we got those. We got them in the mail. I'm like, it worked. We got free music. Like, we got the CDs for free. And then they were like calling us and like sending us like notices in the mail, like you guys need to pay us money. You are, we have debt collectors and shit. And we're like, yo, man, I'm eight years old, dog. Like you ain't getting no money from me. My oh mom my and dad God. were pissed at first, but then they were cracking up because yeah. they're like, Trokey Idler isn't even a real person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's freaking great. Yeah, so yeah, that's the first CD I bought myself. It's <laughs> pretty good. I think my first album I purchased was Rammstein. Yeah. Rammstein. What the uh, Was the, it Rammstein, the noodle, the hard rock <laughs> yes, noodles, the hard rock noodle band, the, the German noodle band, <laughs> <Yes>. Rammstein. <laughs> I think that was it. Sign sucked. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No one would do host on it. It's a good album, I, man. Yeah, I, I remember when you got that album. I'm so it, 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 yeah, it could have been. I think so. Yeah. I did have it on tape too. I remember having you it on, on tape. tape. Oh and, hell yeah! And and uh, compact disc. That's pretty cool. I don't know if I had any overlap with owning any on cassette and CD. I don't think so. I hated when fucking shit skipped though. Oh, CD skipping. You, you couldn't run with a CD player. No, you no, know because no, 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 no. like, yeah. and you're like, oh, what the fuck. So that was a big thing. It's like you couldn't run and exercise or, with or it. Or even have it in your backpack when you were walking around yeah. school or something. Oh, you know? couldn't even do that. Until they came out with anti-skip technology. Dude, Sony, man. The, the, so anti-skip technology, it wasn't – it was it was allowed for them the ability to store information for a couple of seconds. Exactly. In case there there was a, a disruption in the So there's like a memory bank in a way. A little e- bit, yeah. E- exactly. Yeah. So you had 
some RAM, essentially. Yeah. And it would kind of put 10 seconds or less yep. into a queue on that RAM. So if there was an interruption, it somehow sensed that. Yep. Right. And then it could, you know, play. Like if you if you were sitting there shaking your CD player a bunch of times, it would it, eventually skip. It would eventually skip. Yeah. But the technology worked. Like when you got an, if you had an old Discman or Discman, Walkman, there was a few different brands. I know Sony made them, Philips made them. Yeah. And a bunch of other companies, I'm sure. But when you went from having the non-anti-skip one to the anti-skip one, that was huge. Oh, it was it was night and day, man. It was yeah. like a stark difference, yeah. and and the ability to enjoy portable music. Yeah, and now you could put your CD player in your car with anti-skip technology, and that would make that would work yeah. a lot better. I remember I had when I got. When I got my first car, it didn't have a cassette player. But when I got my second car, it did have a cassette player. So I had one of you those things. Sold tapes? Yes. With the- you put the tape into that, and then it had an aux, like, um, yep. uh, you know, quarter inch. No, no, the eighth inch that would plug into the output of your, your anti-skip, you know, Sony cd player and now you can play your cds in your car without yeah. through that sick. that's what i had for my 93 ranger yeah that's exactly my setup yeah. on my yeah. first car cassette yeah. to aux to exactly CD player. Yeah. yeah that was tight you know that when i think it was sony who perfected the the anti-skip technology to when they they released the new walkman and I think the commercial for it was like some dude walking down the street and he was like breakdancing with a CD player. Oh, really? Like strapped to his hand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, like, there's no skipping whatsoever. Of course. And it was like, oh man, it was amazing. It was so, so good because nothing, like you were saying, nothing's more frustrating than you're getting in the middle, getting into a song and you have, you know, it's skip. You know, you got a nice solo coming up, and then all you're getting into it, and all of a sudden it skips. Yeah. Or your like, yeah. favorite part comes on, it's like, yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah. then you'd have like scratch CDs. That was a whole other thing too. Yeah, there's really nothing you could do about no. that. They had kits that you could buy. Yeah, all those bullshit kits that weren't even real. Exactly, <laughs> that were supposed to like fill in the cracks and like make it so it works. Remember all like the bullshit like. Um, <laughs> there's like all these rumors on like oh you could use use toothpaste and that'll clean it up or use peanut butter and it'll like shine it up and oh it'll work <laughs> that's like the trolls before the internet came on like yeah. oh put it in the microwave for 10 seconds <laughs> yeah pour sugar in your gas in your gas tank for better mileage <laughs> oh man i remember there's side note i remember there was a, a funny ass thing of telling kids to put their phones in the microwave to charge them fast <laughs> And everyone's like, don't do it, dude. You're going to break your phone. He's like, no, I won't watch. And he like does it. Like, oh, God. Like, you're an idiot. He starts crying like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, you're an idiot. It's the original Tide Pod. Yeah. Tide Pod challenge. Yeah. Do you think that non-skip memory bullshit, like it saved 10 seconds? Do you think that like started the wave of like um, just like memory like devices like iPod and all that? Because there was like an MP3 storage CD player where you could save songs on your CD player. So I had one of those MP3 CD players at one point. Yeah. And that was so that you could play CDs that were all MP3s. 
Yes. So when you buy like a regular compact disc, like a regular CD that's an album, that the information that's stored on there, I think the max is like 75 minutes at like a good audio quality rate. Yeah. But so if if you if you ripped those to wave files on your computer, they would be like hundreds of megabytes for each each song. But for CDs, you uh, with that had the MP3 ones, you could have low quality MP3s, which are only a couple of megabytes per song. Right. So you could fit like a hundred MP3s on a CD. Yep. And, and then you could play that MP3 CD and through you your MP3 you could CD have like player. Songs on there. Yeah, and you could have a hundred songs rather than like your typical CD, which has like eight to twelve songs. Right. Hmm. And yeah, th- I think that probably was like the beginning of the transition to the MP3 player where you just have a device that has memory on it where you're storing the MP3s. You're skipping that middleman of having the actual physical disc right. that is storing your, your files. You, you just have the player that stores the files and you hook that up to your computer so you can load the files on it. Yeah. Man. The transition to MP3s, man, was weird. I don't know. It was it was rocky at first. It definitely was because I was still I still had the fifty six k modem mm-hmm. internet connection. So if I was like trying to download a CD or a song, I would have to leave my computer on overnight to yeah. try to download a full album. Yep. To MP3, and. Man, it was a whole, whole process. I remember it was like Christmas morning, though. You wake up and you like see if all your downloads were done. You're like, oh, fuck yeah, that finished, that finished, that finished. Stop sharing, stop sharing, stop sharing. Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, it's not, you can download it. It's you being part of the group of sharing it will get you in trouble. So I'd always like never share it. I'd like stop. Because after you after you download, then you start uploading it. Yeah. That's how it worked, right? Yeah, you, People you, had access to your files. You were yeah. always a leech. You weren't a cedar. Yeah. <laughs> I was a leech, not a cedar. Correct. <laughs> I was also a leech. <laughs> I was leeching that shit, never seeding it. Yeah, I know. I I can't remember exactly the first MP3 player I had. I want to say SanDisk made it though. Yeah, and SanDisk they're like popular for making like, um, like SD cards and stuff. Yeah, but they made like a small MP3 player, and I want to say it didn't didn't even have a gig it wasn't even one gig it was maybe like 250 megabytes or 500 megabytes or something like that and it was this really like weird blocky thing that had a shitty display on it and you could fit you know a few albums worth of songs on there um and it was you could use it for running or, or physical activity or, or whatever, and you wouldn't have any skips because MP3s they don't skip. There's right. no disk drive in there. It's right. all it's all RAM memory. And but at the same time, there was hundreds of other MP3 players that came out. Oh like, yeah, the iPod was out at the time too, but that was like super expensive. No, yeah, I couldn't afford that. Yeah. Not until way after, and then I got it used exactly you know then you bought it used i had a sweet one though it was a 64 gig and it was a video one and it was smaller than like a normal phone the screen was like 
a one inch it was like a one and a half inch by one and a half inch screen the and iPod I, video yeah and yeah. I remember watching full length like three hour movies on that oh thing oh my god I'm like oh yeah yeah nice I remember watching Troy on that with like with Brad Pitt with really Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's like a three and a half hour long movie oh I watched a whole thing on like a one and a half by one and a half. I watched multiple times I was like oh, yeah this is dude. great you guys want to watch a movie we can both watch <laughs> like, and it was like so tiny I was like how the fuck did I do that then? yeah no so transitioning to mp3 from cds i mean the, the really the the big i think the big aside from using like the mirc yeah and kind of because that was like the start of the file sharing was it so i at least from what i remember well back in the day there were actually websites so the first thing was there were websites that you could just go to and download mp it was a website and they had mp3s stored in their however they stored their memory for their websites and you could just click like i want to download an mp3 yeah but this was like before mp3s like the industry knew that mp3s were being shared and downloaded on websites but that that got shut down pretty quickly because obviously you can't just be having free downloads for mp3s off of websites yeah um the riaa the recording industry of america or whatever they're um they're gonna get upset about that so then what what happened was you had these file sharing communities that you would go you would contact each other through these chat rooms Yes, these, it was like the, a dark the, web these, almost thing. Oh, kind of. So you would download this like interface that was like a chat program, and then you would be able to talk to different people, and everybody would have their own FTP servers. And like some of them you could just get access to. People would be like, yeah, you can have access. And then some of them you would have to be like, all right, this is what I'm bringing to the table. Can you guys let me have, ac- I'll let you have access to mine if you have access to yours and you're sharing MP3s and photos and videos and all that stuff and games and through that me- through that means. But shortly after that, and the way the FTP thing worked, like you had to have an FTP program that, and you would get their IP addresses, and then you would get their passwords to their FTP location. It was it was pretty complex and convoluted if you weren't like a computer nerd. Was that the whole MIRC stuff? Yeah, that's the MIRC okay. stuff. Okay, yeah. I did that. That's how I got my. That's how I like started to download porn. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yes, porn. It was, I mean, it was a crapshoot because you never really knew how, because there you, was no searching. There was no searching. You basically, whatever you were at the whim, at the sort of whatever they named their files. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. So you could look using your FTP program. It's like a kitten getting squished to death. <laughs> oh, come on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, like using your FTP program, you would essentially put in their FTP address and then put in their password, and then you could look and see all the files they had. And it was like, oh, you want to download Enter Sandman? <laughs> so you yeah. download that. Or I want to download, you know. XXX Brunette Babes <laughs> 420. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but that became a pain, obviously, because you have to go through this whole thing of these back chat rooms and like. FTP sites and all that stuff. And then Napster comes along. Yes. And that just breaking the internet. Exactly. They fucking did break the internet, dude. They're all over the news. Oh, dude. Trying to get shut down, go to jail, like suing them. (laughs) Fucking Seth Green invented it, but then, you know. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, freaking didn't it, get any credit. It was bullshit. Yeah, you get uh, Metallica and like all these other the big big artists that are trying to like you know stop Napster because that was there were other ones, but Napster was like the first big, absolutely the first big one. And I remember using Napster for a little bit, but I was like late into the game on that, Me so too. it got shut down pretty quick. But then you found all Tons the other crazy ones. ones. There was there was a ton. Like I I know there was like and it was good for at first, and then it started to get into taken advantage of like viruses and stuff. But in the oh, beginning, yeah. oh yeah, I the- got so so <laughs> many viruses because you had you'd have like Morpheus, yeah. and then Morpheus would get popular. And then it gets shut down. And then yep. another one, Bear Share, would pop up. Bear yeah. Share. And then Bear yeah. Share would get popular. And then it would get shut down. Then Kazaa came Kazaa. up. And then that, you know. Kazaa was pop- was around for a while. Yeah, Kazaa. Yeah, then that- LimeWire. LimeWire, Lime yep. yep. There was another one called, like, Athene Aerial or Ath. I forgot which. I used I used one. one called Audio Galaxy Satellite. That was that was a weird one. But. Um, yeah, like LimeWire and Kaza or Kaza. Yeah. Those were like the last two before you start getting into uh, like torrents. Yeah. BitTorrent. Pirate like, Bay. That, that kind of stuff. Right. Which, so all, all these other ones like Napster and LimeWire and Kaza and BearShare and all that stuff, those were all like peer-to-peer file sharing yeah, services. Yeah. So they were an interface there are programs that you would download exactly and then that would allow you you would have a username and you'd be on there and you could either choose to um share your file share you like you would have a folder on your computer that was all your music and if you wanted to you could share that with the community and then other people would share their files and the more people that were sharing um, when you would go to download one of their things, you could potentially be downloading the file from multiple, the same file from right. multiple people at a time. Right. And you're just downloading bits of that file. And that's how those. It made it faster. Exactly. It made it easier to download. Yeah. Versus if you were just pulling it from one or two people, you'd, you'd have to hope that they were staying connected to the internet. Exactly. Um, to get the the full version of that file or, or an uninterrupted download. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember I downloaded uh, uh, Boondock Saints off one of those <laughs> sites and I like watched it and I was like... <laughs> And I had no, I had no idea what the movie was. I, I, I read the title. I was like, Boondock Saints. I was like, oh, it's probably some football movie. Like, no big deal. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> I, well, how did you just pick Boondock Saints? Were you I, like- I think I was like, I heard somebody talk about it on the radio. Like, like I think it might have been on AF. Somebody was like, dude, did you see Boondock Saints? It was a great movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, all right. And then I was it stuck in my head. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll, you know, it was around the time, like, you know, we were. I played football for like a month. And, okay, yeah. And so it was like early to mid high school, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, Boondock Saints, I'll give it a shot. They said it was a good movie. I download it. Holy shit, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's Had a nothing great to do with fun. football. Not at all. No. No. <laughs> Fucking Irish assassins. That's yeah. what it was about. <laughs> and then you got knuckle tattoos after that. It was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And then I always got a giant Jesus to always bring a fucking rope. Yeah, <laughs> fucking I have plenty of ropes. I want a rope. Got four ropes in my car right now. Oh man, that was when the internet got the internet was faster when you could it, download movies. Exactly, that was the thing. Like, because at first MP3s they were um, 
easy to download, easier to download because it's only a couple megabytes of file, especially when they were like lower quality ones. Um, And then you have the cut, you're on the cusp of like getting like DSL internet and like higher speed ones. And, you know, you're like your buddy is the first guy to get it on the block. And then you go over to his house. Dude, Jermaine, man. Jermaine. Oh my God. We we would go over there and like, I remember (laughs) we downloaded like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, damn. Freaking crazy. I tried to get as much music, like try to convince him to like burn me as many CDs as possible. Exactly. Because he could just be like, oh, I want this song. There you go. Yeah, I know. And I, I remember specifically like downloading music videos like we were downloading like the yes. Megadeth and Metallica yes. videos and yep. stuff and uh, yeah. li- like live live videos too. Oh man, those are good times. When I had a CD player, I wasn't downloading as much music as I was when I got an iPod cuz I had like a 64 gig iPod. I was like, how can I fill this? 64 oh, yeah. gig? Yeah, and I was trying to fill that thing and I fucking filled it. Like yeah. I was just like, all right, every disco discography i could think oh, of oh you're just downloading and discography I, dude i still have all of those wow. on a hard drive i i think i got like 700 gigs of music i spent like a like a whole summer on pirate bay just going click 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 click. oh click. so now you're talking um bit torrents or, or stuff. torrent stuff yeah. yeah just to be like yeah i want everything i want it all on my ipod and i want if anybody ever wants to listen to a song i got it yeah boom i missed the torrents i wasn't i wasn't a part of that train because it was it happened around the time I was in, I went in the Marine Corps. Yeah, torrents. Yeah, they got they became the new thing when I was in college. Definitely, yeah. and it they still exists somehow. They, they lasted for a while because I haven't touched torrents in, in years because it's dangerous. I'm it's dangerous one, uh, and the other thing is that like when I was younger, I didn't understand like. Even though I was playing guitar and I was trying to be in bands and all that kind of stuff, like supporting, actually supporting artists. Right. And now I'm, um, though at the time I justified downloading songs like via these means because I felt like, oh, well, I'm just listening to the music. And then if I like the music, then maybe I'll buy the CD or I'll go to the concert and buy merch and support the artist that way. But I want to sample the music (laughs) before before I buy it. Because like Justin was saying earlier, you'd buy that CD from a band that you didn't hear anything. And then you fucking, and then it's a piece of shit. And you're like, oh, I spent my money on it. Like, I don't want to support this artist. He didn't do a good job. So why am I giving him like record sales? But now it's a whole different story because we have streaming services. So you can try any music you want. And then if there's artists that you really like, then I'll buy their merch or I'll go to the concert or I'll buy their vinyl that they're putting out. And the industry has changed. I mean, you can't, you can't just be a band signed to a label and you know make a living from it exactly. make a comfortable living not like it was you know 20 30 years ago well there's way more bands that exist now but there's they're somehow making music. more money than they were before uh, it depends on the band like like absolutely yeah. yeah and it depends on the music group you know like back in the day too, you were like, "Oh, the record company gets all the money from the records, anyways." Like, so why am I buying records or, or CDs or right. whatever? 
because um, you would always hear that, right? Like, oh, the artist only gets like two cents or ten cents per CD sale, and like that adds up if you're selling millions. Sure. Like, like nowadays, when you're streaming, like yeah, if, you, if you're getting listening. millions and millions of stream, you're getting some money from it, right? But I think most bands and music groups still make more of their money off of selling physical copies of things when it's coming straight from them if they own their music or merch or supporting them by going to see them live. Right. Yeah. I just heard on the radio the other day that Ed Sheeran like broke the record for making the most like money on one tour. He beat like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, fucking U2. Wow. It's his tour that he's been doing worldwide for the last like year and a half. Jeez. And he just beat them as like $800 million or something like that he's made. I don't know, it's crazy, but he said he's he's in first now. Yeah. I also heard that some dude, like Taylor Swift, is in like some argu- like legal battle because there's this one dude who owns like six of her CDs. Like all the rights and all the money. Oh, probably. Some dude just owns like six of her CDs. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, that was the, like the whole weird thing back in the day when Michael Jackson bought the rights to a bunch of the Beatles music yeah. or something. Like, right. Because the the record companies would own them originally, and then you can buy. Like, he like yeah, owns it, the Beatles. It's man. a whole business, man. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's crazy, but like, freaking yeah, the the, the torrents. Those, it I was, think the streaming was like a big fight that beat the torrents because they were, I th- they no, offered it, you know it, it definitely did because as soon as I disco- like Pandora was always around like I was Pandora was awesome because that came out in like mid two thousands I want to say I started using that in like two thousand five two thousand six and that was huge because yeah. there were internet radios that were a thing like you could go on the internet and listen to the radio but you didn't have much choice you would be listening to mainstream like rock or jazz or hip-hop stations but on pandora you could put in like oh i want to listen to a metallica station and then because of their whole thing called the music genome project that they started they categorized all these different artists and songs and things and you could discover music by clicking Metallica station, and then they make a, a uh, broad range, a broad ra- a broad range of all stuff that you should like if you like Metallica, and then you can discover artists that way. And you could like things and not like things, and you wouldn't play that again, or it'd steer you in a different direction. Exactly. Yeah, and that was like the beginning of the streaming, as far as I know. Like the like that was the first heavy hitter when it came to yeah, music yeah. streaming. I was. Sorry, go. You can go. So the Music Genome Project. I've heard this before, but I didn't really. I don't know too much about it. So I know when when I first was like discovering Pandora in college and reading about Pandora, they were doing this whole thing called what they called as the Music Genome Project. And essentially, what that was doing was everybody that had music submitted to Pandora, um, they would categorize each song in album by the characteristics of what the music is. So it's like, is it major key, minor key? Is it um, does do they use what instruments do they use? Do they use um, guitars and drums and bass? Is it a rock band or do they have like world elements like tablas and and sitars and stuff like that? Sure. And they would categorize all this thing 
So when you pick a song to make a Pandora station, it looks at all the characteristics of what that song's categorized, and then it cross-references that with all the other songs that share those characteristics, and then builds that custom playlist for you. It's like yeah. original like AI algorithm, man. Pretty much, yeah. So they called it the Music Genome Project at the time. I don't know if that was like a marketing thing or whatever, but it was super interesting to me anyways about like how you would like make a radio station that I would actually want to listen to if I'm giving you an artist that I like. Right. I used to always love to try to fucking break Pandora. And I would, <laughs> would you like down like d- thumbs down I would just down, like everything? thumbs down and then thumbs up like the weird thing that popped up like oh yep thumb like I wanted to my goal was to like make a hard rock um, station into like either like a like a like a hill like a Christian thing oh or like God. something completely different like opera. Like yeah. could I get like hard rock into opera or like hard rock into like a bluegrass station mm-hmm. and like oh let's listen to Metallica and it's like like this is a Metallica it's like, <laughs> it's like it bluegrass is now. covers of Metallica. <laughs> Were you Just, successful? No, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to trick them. But you could you could sometimes one of those songs that you liked, like getting rock to rap like it would it would slowly go to like Aerosmith like the cover yeah. with uh, Run DMC and then you could like that and then you could get another DMC song and then like that and then you could slowly try to get like an Eminem song sneaking into like yeah. a rock and you're like what the fuck how did that get in there like by me baby by yep. me I was really against Spotify in the beginning because it was like that new cool thing and I was like fuck that I'm sticking with Pandora me too and yeah. then and then like Gina eventually got Spotify. Then I noticed a couple of my friends at Spotify, like, dude, Spotify is it. That's where it's at. You can play songs. Like, if you want to listen to a song, you can almost get that song in a couple hits. Yeah, it's not a radio. Like, Pandora, you couldn't pick songs at all. Right. You could make a station out of a song or a station out, and you can get pretty close to, like, having a mix of stuff that you would like to listen to all the time. Right. But now, the whole Spotify thing was they have full albums. They have full discographies. Yeah. And in the beginning, they didn't have like everybody. But now... They pretty much have everybody. They pretty much have every major, major artist like that ever existed for them. Like, and it's cheap. You can spend five bucks a month and you can listen. It's basically like you you downloaded all that music that you on like Pirate Bay or yeah. LimeWire. You have access to every song almost. And you just pay five bucks a month. And I'm like, that's kind of worth it. Yeah. You know? It's pretty crazy, man. And granted, like, there's some people that argue the quality. Like, are you getting, like, vinyl quality, analog? Like, no, it's not that great, but it's pr- it's it's good enough when you're going to use it in certain settings. Right. Like, it's good for, like, driving in the car, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hanging out with friends, having a party, play it, and exactly. put it Making on the speaker. Play- so, like, playlists are the new mixtape, right? Yeah. And you can have... It's it's way easier to that make was, playlists That's what got me on Spotify, yeah. so you can make your own playlists. And, and share them with your friends and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, we use that stuff all the time. Yep. Man. Yeah. Mm, baby. I know. It's a crazy journey from... What's next? That's a good question, man. What's fucking next? Streaming. And then what's the difference between what's what's faster than streaming? I, I think high quality stuff like did like lossless play, you know, um, pretty much it's it would be like if you're listening to a vinyl through what's through lo- a streaming what's, so service. Can, yeah, can you explain to the to people listening about like lossless. compression and and lossless like all these different? Yeah. So so pretty much like. 
I don't have like a really like science, like I can't get down to the super nitty gritty, but essentially you can just like, um, uh, like television and, and, and video files, just like audio files, you can format them to different file types and, right. and put different compressions on them. So like with music, when you're, when you take like your best representation would be something that was recorded in an analog studio. And then that was then translated to vinyl, which is like a hundred percent of the information that you recorded in that studio in analog. And now it's on your record player and you're playing it through your speakers. You're hearing every frequency, every note, everything is coming in crisp and clear and is as close as possible to it was recorded in that studio. But then when you convert that to digital and you put different compressions on it, you're losing some of those frequencies. You're losing some of that quality, essentially, because it's a smaller file. There's not as much information there. Okay. And then because like this progression through time, this change from analog to digital, at first, your simple digital players, all they could handle was smaller files, smaller file types. But as the technology improves, you're going to be able to have um, these these digital files that contain more information that are bigger files that you can actually play through your um, digital media players. Like if you had an MP an MP3 player like an iPod and it had 160 gigs on it, you would have a bunch of songs that were all in MP3 format. But like your standard MP3 file. For it's like thirty like five hundred kilobytes for so three point five megs, some, something like that. For like a standard pop song, that's what it would be. It would only in, in like if you're talking the highest quality MP3 file for like a standard pop song, maybe you're getting like six megabytes out of a sure. three and a half minute song. But the actual, if you were talking about like the lossless version of that file that doesn't cut out all those frequencies and compress it down. It would be hundreds of megabytes for that one song. It's crazy. So you're losing a lot there. Even though it sounds good and it sounds like, you know, to the layman's ear and all that stuff. Um, So now when you're translating that to a streaming service, you're at the mercy of not just like the technology of whatever player or the confines of space that you have. You're at the, the bandwidth and like your whatever you're using to download and stream right it was like when we went from 56k modems to dsl right and there's faster you can translate more information faster so today when you're listening to like spotify or pandora you're listening to the equivalent of like one of those mp3 files like there's compression on there and i know on spotify you can choose settings like oh if i'm connected to wi-fi i want the highest quality file right and but if you were roaming on your cell phone somewhere and you don't have like full 4g or something um then you can listen to lower quality files so that you get better streams so it's like it's downloading at a good rate and you're not getting any like gaps in playback or anything but the future of streaming right it's going to be getting those lossless files and being able to stream those right into your head baby right in your head so that's going to be like a premium service and i think i i want to say that there's people that like there's smaller companies that have started to do this but it's higher more expensive thing for more yeah it's more expensive you're paying a premium because you're getting better quality audio yeah i don't think i would pay for that right now 
but someday but in the future someday. you could see that like that that could be viable for everybody i'd have to know? listen to like a I'd have to listen to an MP3 of the same song on a vinyl and see if I can. Tell if you a can tell the difference, it's like yeah. 4K. Like, should I go and spend an extra grand on a 4K TV, or is you know HD 720 bullshit fine with me? Yeah. And yeah. over time too, it's it's weird. Like if you think about back in the day when you would watch TV on your 19 inch tube TV. Yeah. And and you were used to that. It looked great at the time. Yeah. And now yeah. you're at your 55 inch 4K, whatever the newest technology is, and you're like. I can't tell the difference between this and what I remember. Yeah, you know? but if you put those side so by is, side, it's crazy. It would different. be a it's huge like trash. Huge different. Oh Watching yeah, trash. Like, how did I watch this? <laughs> well, I remember when uh, we, I didn't have the flat screens yet, and one of my buddies' dads got one to watch football and to watch like TV. Yeah, and I remember watching like Always Sunny with them, and I was like, this doesn't seem right. It looks like you're in the like studio while they're recording oh yeah and you could like it was stuck he's like yeah i know i know what you're talking about it takes a it takes like a couple days to get used you to it get used to but it, then yeah. you don't notice it anymore but like it literally looked like it was just a recording like a home movie mm. and they were like you could tell like they were on a set because it was so high quality i was like damn it looks like they're just on the set it doesn't seem real anymore yeah it's crazy or fake yeah. or whatever it is i don't know whatever i guess i'd have to listen and tell the difference yeah I think the next thing is going to be like you're going to have your brain is going to have like a it's going to have a hard drive in it and you're just going to go and it's going to know what song you want to listen to and it's going to oh play God. that song based on your emotions. It's going to be like, oh, I want to get pumped up. I'm ready to go party. And he's like, shots, 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 <laughs> everybody. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of those old mediums have been making a comeback i mean in, in the last like five six seven years vinyl's been on the up it's yeah. been getting cute everybody's into vinyl now yeah and that's multiple reasons i think right part of it's the audio quality part of it's just having that tangible thing back in your hands yeah part of it is like for me i like to support certain artists so i know that they're getting more money if i buy a vinyl from them through like one of their web stores and then they would if I bought the CD from the record company or something Absolutely. like that. I think they're going to start putting streams. vinyl in cars. <laughs> no. no. Come no. on. Wouldn't that be sick? You just click, <laughs> click, and then it, like a vinyl will come up right on your dash. And <laughs> you hit a speed bump and the needle skips. Yeah. No, it'll be shock. It'll shock technology, man. Ooh. It'll come back and it's like a full circle again. Plus, there's that whole ritual of like grabbing the vinyl, like grabbing the thing out of the sleeve putting it on your record player setting the needle down and then listening to it and listening to that whole album and then flipping it over and listening to the second the second side rather than just being able to instant gratification i want to hear this song right now stream it and then you go yeah i don't want to sound douchey (laughs) but the quality that i hear with a vinyl is just like if you listen to vinyl through really good speakers yeah man nothing beats it nothing there's beats some it, people man. who are like who have money who like spend thousands and thousands of dollars to make like a music listening room oh yeah you know i've heard people on other podcasts like oh yeah i spent like 30 grand and baller speakers and well the other part of it too is the amplifier that's that's right that's when you get yeah. in a real audiophile status yeah. like you're getting an ampli like tube amplifiers for your record player that connect to your speakers yeah. like there's some some crazy stuff out there man 
and that's for the audio files you know it's just for the audio files <laughs> yeah well i think i think that was pretty good i think we covered a lot of ground in the uh the music media in our you know yeah i thought it was good throughout our lives i think i want to listen to a vinyl right now. i have <laughs> I gotta a, throw one on seriously I have one request seth okay can you tell the audience about the story about the uh mysterious what was the uh what did you used to listen to your zune on top of your oh your my car? god okay all right all right so does james know this story I don't, I don't think, so. think he knows the story. I, I can't believe we didn't mention the Zoom. Anybody that knew me knew that I was a huge proponent of the Zoom back You hated in the day. Apple. You liked the Zoom. Hated Apple. And I still, to this day, feel that the Zoom is far superior to the iPod. And the, the, uh, the software, the interface, making playlists on the fly, all that stuff, Zoom was way ahead of the iPod. But the, the iPod had the branding, had way better marketing, all that stuff. And Zoom rant. But, <laughs> so I had a Zoom, and one time when, before we were going up to Canada, all right, um, we were getting in the car in my old... Um, uh, a purple Volvo station wagon. <laughs> I set the Zune on top of the car, forgot about it, and then got in. And we're getting ready to drive up to Canada. And we're driving across town. And I'm like, oh, man, let's put the tunes on. Let's plug in the Zune. I'm like, guys, where's the Zune? And I'm like, <laughs> where's oh, the Zune? Oh, my God. <laughs> so we, we pull over, get out of the car. And the Zune is still on top after driving. On the roof. On the roof of it the car. It stayed on the roof. It stayed on the roof of the car. Nice. We drove a couple of miles. Nice. And it freaking stayed on top. So um, that's just another reason why the Zune's better than the iPod. Because <laughs> that slippery ass iPod would have fucking flung off the top of that <laughs> station wagon. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. All right. We're All good. Right. Yeah, we're good. See you guys later. Bye. 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 Yes, it is recording. Oh, we're all done with the episode. Now we're recording the outro. How do you like the medium we're using? <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was cool. That was a cool episode, right? It was very informative, very I felt, interesting. I thought yeah. I learned a few things. Yeah, no, that was cool. Just like talking about music and things, and I mean, we really didn't talk about music that much. It was more about how you listen to music, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, we just listened to a buffer track. That was that was a cool buffer track. 
Yeah, that was pretty sweet. It was gnarly. I what know. was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> the bumper track was outrageous. Yeah. So we're in the outro, doing the, the quality control segment. QC. Um, yeah. So this episode was kind of like part nostalgia, part like we're taking you through something and giving you some education. So we won't have a huge QC episode, but... What, what do you got for us, Sam? I just have two, maybe three points. All right. Um, I know earlier in the episode, I was I was trying to remember the name of the 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 artist that was first released, the first CD that was released. Um, yeah. First music CD released. Yeah. Was Billy Joel's Fifty Second Street. Cool. All right. And that was released at the same time with um, the Sony C. DP 101 which was the first basically the first like commercially released CD player okay and it was released in 8283 yep with a retail of around 730 US dollars which is Holy crazy crap. like yeah. when you think about the Sony Walkman CD players that we were buying those were like 40 50 bucks yeah exactly depending on if you had that anti skip or not <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that yeah, that was the first ever music CD released. Billy Joel, Fifty Second Street. Um, the other two things I wanted to clear up was sort of with Laser Disc. Okay, so Laser Disc is analog. Yep, and it's played. The mechanics of it is similar to that of a vinyl, but instead of using a needle, you're using a laser. Okay. Whereas CDs, compact discs, those that's digital. That is all digital. So that, that's the difference between laser disc and CDs. Yeah. So the the laser on a laser disc is reading grooves in the disc. Correct. And the laser on a CD player is reading digital information off of that CD. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, that's pretty much all I got. All right, so I was get, I'm gonna do like a brief timeline of like when these different media came out that we talked about. Yes. So the first thing would be the record player, which was originally called the phonograph, and that was invented by Thomas Edison in 1877. And it wasn't until the 1940s where it was commonly referred to as the record player. Okay. So that's that's the first big one. The next one would be. The compact cassette, which we talked about, and that was uh, developed by Philips in Belgium. Yes. And that was released in 1962. And um, pretty much uh, cassette tapes were um, from the 70s to the early 2000s they were one of the two most popular music mediums so in that first time frame they shared the the top two spot with lps or records and then in the second part they shared that with compact CDs. discs yeah yeah Ex exactly and the first time that um pre-recorded music was put onto cassette tapes was in 1965 okay yeah um, the Sony Walkman, which was the very popular cassette tape player, that first came out in 1979, which, I mean, I didn't get one then because I wasn't born, but I definitely sure. had a Sony Walkman 
in the 90s at some point. Marty um, McFly had one oh, that he, he brought back to 1955. Yeah, right? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, when he was uh, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan yes. playing Van Halen for his father. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next thing was CDs. And as you just said, the first CD player was commercially available in 1982. And then going on from that, we have MP3 players, which this um, the first MP3 player came out in 1998. Okay. Which is pretty crazy, but they didn't really become popular until a few years later, essentially when you started to have your iPods and all those other ones that we were talking about that came sure. out. And finally, streaming services. So I found this really cool um, website, sutori.com s-u-t-o-r-i and that has a timeline of the history of music streaming so you can check those guys out and like the first thing that they had which i can't remember if i knew about this or not but it sounds really familiar it was this internet underground music archive the internet underground music archive and that came out in january of 1993 and what that was pretty much was a website where you could download mp3s of like unsigned musicians Mm. so it was like a good way for unsigned musicians to get their music out there on the internet for free because they would want the exposure rather than making money off of it okay like the bit because this was like early 90s right right so if you were on that platform somebody could download your music for free and you could if it catches on you could get Is some exp- early nineties, nineteen ninety three, yeah. So it's Jesus. it's not really streaming, but it was an archive of um, you know local bands and unsigned artists and that was in MP three, like a collection of MP threes. Right. And then um, next up, they had Last FM, but that was a little a little different because Last FM kind of monitored the stuff that you were listening to through different media like iTunes and all that stuff and it would say oh you have this many plays of this song and all that and it would aggregate that so it wasn't necessarily a streaming service in and of itself but the big one the first big one which I actually recalled the year of this correctly was Pandora which came out in September of 2005 okay and I guess um Originally, they were branding it as the Music Genome Project, but Pandora ended up becoming the name of the actual okay. service. Neat. And then it wasn't until a couple years later, which I didn't realize SoundCloud's been around since 2007, which is pretty crazy. And then following in 2008, you get Bandcamp and Spotify coming out, which are two pretty big heavy hitters Bandcamp definitely for independent artists and smaller artists like i know we have like all our stuff up on Bandcamp for yeah. the different music projects that i've been involved with and then spotify as we talked about is everybody's on spotify now like as of a couple of weeks ago tool is now on spotify which Ooh. that was a huge one like yeah. and they immediately got a bunch of streams yeah which right. i mean is expected especially with their new album coming out like next week um another fun fact i had was the first thing that i bought on cassette i think that i i think it was the first thing i bought on cassette it was definitely one of the first ones was the album all the pain money can buy by the band fastball 
which included such hits as The Way, Fire Escape, and Out of My Head. <laughs> and that came out in 1998. Um, I know there was one more thing. Eight Tracks. Yes. Okay, yeah. Eight Tracks. Why are they called Eight Tracks? Yeah. So Eight Tracks are called Eight Tracks because they provide four pairs of stereo tracks. And what does that mean? Figure it out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, you can kind of like, I'm sure there's all, if there's anybody that's listening that knows more about like the in-depths of how that old school technology works yeah. or is more um, versed in the means of analog music production and that kind of stuff is like, oh, you guys, it's an A-track because of this. Like. Get well, at yeah. us. Yeah. Let us know. Get at us. Let us know. Educate Indeed. us because we are thirsty for knowledge. Don't thirsty. We can't. We can't know everything, but but we're trying. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all I got, guys. Now all that I got is like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Sausage candles.